Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Take you to a live shot of Capitol Hill where the House of Representatives is about to gavel in and where we expect to vote later today on H.R. 755, the impeachment of the president of the United States. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Markets, of course, have long looked past impeachment given the firewall in the Senate. We're coming off five days of gains and another one today would give stocks the longest win streak since March and April. Uh, Jim, we're going to be faced, whether we like it or not, with the blizzard of headlines all day long, an hour of debate on the rules, and then six hours of debate on the resolution, uh, and probably a, a vote we expect somewhere between 6.30 and 7.30. Yeah, I mean, look, it's important that everybody remember that it, it's, I'm not saying it's a sideshow. There's going to be people uh, who are going to be talking about, and I heard some of them today saying, listen, there could be a surprise in the Senate. There might be some, some defections. Uh, I don't see it that way. I look at, I only have history of you know, not a lot of history on these things, but I've got day by day of when Clinton uh, was impeached in trial. And anniversary, which is tomorrow. Yes. And you, yes, it is. <laughs> and, you know, you got that period from January 7th, 1999 to February 12th, which was really uh, the most turmoil. And that's where you, uh, at the height of when things were bad, the Nasdaq lost 0.18% uh, S&P. Down point three, uh, down three point oh, uh, Dow uh, down two point six, and then after that the market roared. So, if you want to know when to buy, uh, you might want to buy into the teeth of t- tomorrow, uh, maybe the next day, uh, because it's just a great opportunity. Is it? I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't feel as though when it comes to the markets that, that, that there's been any real impact from this. No, none whatsoever. None, right? Well, there wasn't last time either. But of course, last time was the lead up to the dot dot-com period. It was beginning when right. you started. But you could say, listen, we've got 5G. You can make create any scenario. What matters is, is that um, it didn't matter because you knew what the Senate was going to do. Yeah. And that it was seem, faux that, drama. It would seem to be saying. the same case here, which is why the markets really have not been paying attention, obviously right. focus much more on China trade or even the upcoming election in terms of movement of things. Absolutely. Not the impeachment um, well, proceedings. Look, you want to know the truth of what the date today versus what how you would do um, if you wait uh, over a period of the next few months? Uh, you get a 56% return in the NASDAQ, 27% in the S&P, 21% in the Dow. And, and that's the analogous period right there. You know, so obviously we can say uh, that's all because there was no impact or it's all because the fundamentals are good. And I would say that the fundamentals are getting better. That's my view. And not a lot of people agree with that, but I think they're getting better since since the last rate cut. And that's more important than this, too. But it, it, there's it's very difficult to how do you rate democracy versus money? I mean, I'm pro-democracy, but I'm supposed to be about money and the money's good. Uh, I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember, were we at or near all time highs in uh, on 12, 19, 90. Yeah, and we ran. And then we just kept there. running and running and running. You know, you could argue that uh, there was a blip. Remember, there was a blip January 7th to February uh, t- uh, 12th, 1999, which is where the kind of window where we are exactly right now. And you did get a couple percent decline. Uh, you, you had to buy that decline. It sure didn't seem like it, you should, but you had to. And it sure didn't seem like it did because it was like today. We're, we're not talking, I mean, you know, FedEx reported last night. Horrendous number. Paychecks reported a good number. General Mills reported a good number. 
And no one's going to care today, but they will tomorrow. Oh, I think they'll care today. You think so? I do. Well, FedEx will sell. FedEx, because. without a doubt. I, I have a wrap on FedEx that maybe I have to save to my man. I have I've like been a thinking hilarious all night rap. about what your view would be. About I, I have a today. hilarious wrap on what they are. I, but I don't feel like I should do that at 9.04. This is impeachment day. Well, counter-programming is never a bad thing. I don't know. Really? Okay. I don't it's run a fi- the network. Though. You want me to go FedEx? But it's a five. It's a four hundred ninety thousand. Before you do it, let's check in. Uh, given the process and the importance and uh, seriousness of the process today, Elon Mui's in Capitol Hill will help us understand what kind of developments regarding impeachment we will find today. Good morning, Elon. Good morning, Carl. Well, we have heard hours of testimony. There have been weeks of hearings. There have been endless letters back and forth between Republicans and Democrats in the White House. But it all boils down to the day to when the House will vote on these two articles of impeachment against President Trump. Right now, we appear to be in a procedural vote that was brought up by Republicans. Um, This is part of their strategy to draw out these proceedings. We are expecting one hour of debate on the rule that will govern the eventual debate on the House floor over impeachment, Um, and then six hours of debate on the articles themselves, a vote coming late tonight. But time on the Hill is very fluid, as you can see by the fact that Republicans, again, already bringing up a motion to adjourn for the day. That could draw this out even further. Now, what we are hearing in tone from House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, she has emphasized the solemnity of the day. She has said it is one of the most solemn powers granted by the Constitution that they are exercising today. Obviously, Republicans, the president coalescing around a message that it is actually Democrats who are declaring an open war on democracy. That's how the president put it in his letter to Congress and to the speaker yesterday. So I expect to hear a lot of emotion on the House floor today, a lot of intense passion, and both parties unifying around a message That is something that leadership has tried very hard to ensure that all their members are going to be falling in line. And I think you're going to see the fruits of those efforts today on the floor. Uh, Which will uh, bring us then, uh, Elon, to January and McConnell's strategy, which at this point we would characterize how? Well, right now it seems that a trial in the Senate would begin around January 6th. That seems to be the date that folks are coalescing around. No Christmas trial is expected in the Senate. Um, It is expected that the House managers, the House Democrats, will have a chance to present their case before the Senate, and the White House will have a chance to defend itself through its attorneys. The big question then, after we get through those proceedings, is will the Senate call any witnesses? There has been a fight between uh, Minority Leader Chuck Schumer in the Senate and uh, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell over whether or not to take that action. You need 51 senators to agree to it. Um, So that decision will be made once senators actually are faced with the impending trial and have heard both Democrats and the White House present their case. Um, But that is the outlook for what happens in the Senate. We do expect that to be wrapped up by the end of January. The outcome of this, of course, as you guys have been saying and why the markets haven't really been reacting to this, is that we know that the Senate is highly unlikely to remove President Trump. Um, But we will still go through the political theater of all of this. Democrats saying that's important to upholding their oath to the Constitution. 
Elon Banks will be relying on you heavily today. Uh, it is historic, as you said, our Elon Mui on Capitol Hill. Uh, we'll turn to FedEx, as Jim said, down sharply in the pre-market after that quarterly miss, issuing, issuing disappointing guidance. Company cites factors including higher costs from expanding six- and seven-day delivery, the loss, obviously, of Amazon's volume, and some pretty candid talk on the call. Jim. Oh, boy. I, I found myself feeling bad for Fred Smith. I know that the investors may not. But, I mean, this is a 490,000-person startup where they're offering a new thing called Weekend, Saturday, Sunday. It's a brand-new product. Uh, it's a love product, but they can't get the cost under control. Uh, they have a European business that they still haven't gotten the cost under control. They are uh, almost what you could look at, say, losing money on some of their industrial shipments. Uh, and they have something. I remember just wanted to analogize. When I started the street.com, this is just a little pretty bit. Uh, America Online would pay, was paying me $2 million. Okay, so listen, we'll pay $2 million for your content. Got a great business going there, get everybody else. And then one day, a guy by the name of Pittman, Bob Pittman, comes to see me. And he goes, he's got this great deck. It's terrific. I can't believe, wow, this partnership is so good. The partnership is good. I get to the last page, and it says that I pay him $2 million. He no longer pays me. That's what I thought of when I read this. Not only did it lose a great client, but the client's now a competitor. Yes. How do you make a business when you've got the number one e-commerce company, your competitor? So I feel bad for him because, and there could be through UPS, obviously, but this is a horrendous time to be a FedEx exec that budget 33 million cyber. They come up, it's 37 million. That's a gigantic miss in how much, and literally how much e-commerce you have. But that's what happens in a startup. This is like a Masasan company. No, but it's not by their fault. It's like, you know, well, let's go big or go home. Well, you could argue that there should have been perhaps some planning that would have taken account the changes that were taking place in a more effective... I mean, this was a... I'm not, not going to disagree the, with the that. Big, uh, they would tell you that. The criticism of FedEx has been it's an airline. It's an airline company. And it's bad airlines. It's DC tens. Uh, I mean like DC tens is like, you know, those go like this. It's got too many planes. And it's, it's got not, the wrong planes. It's not built for the current world. No, it's you mean not. a world where there's no growth in the industrial economy. Correct. No growth in the industrial economy, which they repeat, repeat you know, which is just mentioned repeatedly. Uh, growth in basically I mean the questions were not rebellious. The questions no, they were st- they were respectful. They were. But they basically say the costs are going up per what they ship. But they're not making any more per what they ship, and some of that is Amazon. They don't want to say that. I mean, there's Amazon's a subtle, uh, you know, it's a sotto voce issue on the, on the conference call. But I don't know. Yes, they should have planned better. But this e-commerce world, you, you have to literally just say, you know what, this is a Gretzky thing. you got to figure where the puck's going. And they're right where, they're where the puck is. And I don't know. I mean, they got it wrong. They admit that they got it wrong. They don't have the right equipment. They, how do you do Saturday and Sunday out of nowhere? It's not easy, I guess, to your That's point. Why it's, it's a startup. Almost a startup. They did mention uh, precision railroading in the middle oh, of the Oh, no, he didn't call it precision railroading initially. Well, no, but then he did. He called it smart railroading. Yeah, and then he, then he went with precision. Well, but he talked about how it's a kind and of Hunter a, Harrison. But he, Hunter a, Harrison came in. Yeah. But how about he said it's like the rails. Unexpected. Rails are not analogous because they're quasi-monopolies. Right. Here he's going up against what was his biggest client. And he would say, listen, it was never it was never more than 2%. I understand that. But the precision railroading, they talk about how could you not cut, cut to the bone like they do in the rails? He said, well, morale. Morale would be morale. Morale came up. Morale per share. 
David. Yeah. Morale per share. Yeah, I'm, I'm over here. I'm over here. Sorry. Morale per Sorry. share. Uh, I mean, speaking of where the puck's going, JPM cuts to 147, which is essentially where it is now. Is it fair valued here? It shouldn't even be public. <laughs> it shouldn't even be public. It's like they got to, like, they got to sort this thing out. They got to sort the. Is it the. Well, look, Alan Graff on the conference call does say, listen, it's the bottom. Alan Graff comes out and he says, it's the bottom. Great quote there. He goes, um, by the way, didn't count on the ricochet bullets of the U.S. China trade war. There's some great stuff in this. Alan Graff, the CFO, says, I'm frustrated. I'm sure investors are all frustrated. We're here at the bottom. And I think that this is what, the fifth bottom call? So another two or three bottom calls and and they're there. Well, Oppenheimer was moved to uh, lower its rating to because they, you know, now it's helpful yeah. to lower your rating like to a market. Like, look, I, like I said, I feel that. bad. I don't want to be facetious here. They, no one could do. No one could do. Now, I keep hearing that Fred Smith is too old. He should retire, whatever. Look, I, Fred Smith, whatever. It doesn't matter. Any one of these people on this call, they're all smart people. This is not a company of morons. He's super smart. He's really smart. Yeah, he's really smart. It just doesn't matter. The, this is happening with a speed of light. Who could manage this? Honest to God, David, who could manage it? You need 700,000 people, and they have to lose money in order to please the customers? This is really a hard thing. Can we take the pressure off him for one second and just say, yes, he didn't plan right. They are disappointed. But I don't know who could do it. Well, that's what the money is for. Uh, is to plan for this kind of right. stuff. So yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Say that they can make ten. I don't know. And you give it twelve multiple. I, I, it is the hardest to value. It's hard. It's easier to value Tesla and Netflix than it is FedEx yeah. right now. G- given you, you just came up with a hundred and twenty dollars price target, by the way. Well, I'm just saying, if you want to know 10 where I think twelve it could times, bottom, right? Yeah. I swear it could bottom. Yeah. Look, nothing's better. I mean, plus you know they had all their expenses for uh, this this period. In the, in the quarter that they had. And you know, for, they had all these expenses for the Christmas period. So it's arguably that Kraft can say it is the bottom and this time it sticks. But they just keep underestimating the volume of e-commerce and the demand for Saturday, Sunday, which is a horrible business. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the impact on the transports between this and Boeing... Can we rely on the transports as a tell still? Or are there oh. too many internal execution stories? Boeing finished flat yesterday. Flat. On the worst-case scenario, it finished flat. The institutions want Boeing so bad they're lapdogs. They remind me of when you're at the Greyhound, the racetrack, the Greyhounds, when you're betting on the Greyhounds, and that mechanical rabbit they're, falls. They're and they're just like, yeah, but they're just I saw, I saw the rabbit they're fall They're willing once. to wait for the years. Yes, they are. That are the out years where it's all going to be fine. The mechanical rabbit keeps Even though Monticello. That keeps I saw it happen. pushed out. No, they just love it. They're rabbit. They're rabbit dogs. They want, they, they, they want to sell FedEx, and they want to buy Boeing at any price. How's that? Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Maybe not a good plan, but it sounds like a plan. Uh, We're going to get Jim's uh, Matt Dash. We'll count down to the opening bell. Uh, Jim's theme about upgrades continues today, whether it's Delta or Lilly. We'll get to those. Take a look at the pre-market here as we're on track for six straight days of gains. Would be the longest since March and April with eight. And, of course, we'll stay on top of the historic impeachment vote on Capitol Hill when Squawk on the Street continues. All right, let's get to a mad dash as we count you down to the opening bell. It's hump day here. Don't want to forget that as well. What we like to refer to uh, as Wednesday also. Yes. Mad dash time, AT&T. Yes, City has a piece out, David. It's amazing because what it's basically saying is Elliott Partners is going to be right. They're talking about 
several key takeaways that are amazing. Stronger asset monetization proceeds, as if there really are a lot of gems that are just buried within the company. Uh, metrics poised to improve in wireless and entertainment, David. And they're just talking about basically that they can, this is that even their core business is doing better. So if all this is true, they're exiting with favorable financial progress. This stock deserves to be considerably higher. Well, they're certainly happy to see research like that. They certainly want to believe that you, that will be the case. But do you believe well, it's the case? Um, I, think, I think you have to see what the results are. Listen, John Stanky, the company's COO, who still also is the CEO of the Warner Media yeah. Unit, yes. Um, yes. has said nothing is sacred. Those are my words. He used some different in terms of where they're going to look for costs. They are, they are going through everything on that, uh, on that front. But most importantly, you've got to get the company working together. And that creative part of the company, not that they aren't creative and wireless, but that key part, you've, you've got to keep people engaged and believing. And that's where some of the questions Well, are. let's go there because Citi says, we believe that quarterly video losses are poised to improve significantly. David, that's the leverage. Well, that's direct TV. Well, but I'm right. saying that the, which, the which bad stuff they do believe has, in terms of peak. You got to remember there were a lot. There was a lot of churn because, in part, there were people right. on discounted plans. That's yes. churning off has been churning off, down, but off. And so there is a hope that that is going to begin to level off. I mean, that you're not going to see these kinds of subscriber losses but, that we've seen, which were which have been massive. But let's go back to Moffat. Moffat Nathanson. They're very he, negative. He basically says that all of the things that are happening. Yes. That city says are happening may not be right. Their contention is that the amount that just to just to get the one percent top line growth that you need, you're going to rely on on wireless to perform at a rate that it hasn't previously. So I think that people should read the city because it's very important. But the dividend makes me you know, this is one which just says, "What are you worried about the dividend? You're crazy." So um, it's a very good piece, and I like it. I think it's thoughtful research. The interesting year ahead for AT. Yes, it will An be. It's an one. I, who, would, who would thought that would be as controversial as this? Yeah. I mean, it's 50 versus 30, David. All right. We've got uh, an opening bell, of course, coming uh, right at you here. We're 10 minutes away from that. Don't go anywhere. A lot more Squawk in the Street right after this. Take a look at uh, the pre-market here. Nine trading days left in the year. And, of course, uh, 30 record closes for the S&P so far. We'll see if we had another one today when we get the opening bell in seven minutes. You're watching CNBC Squawk on the Street, uh, live from the financial capital of the world, where the opening bell is going to ring in about four minutes as we watch uh, FedEx, uh, General Mills, obviously the House vote today on impeachment and more. Uh, Lily making some news uh, on Mad Money last night. If you missed it earlier, uh, this back and forth between the company and Elizabeth Warren. Uh, Warren did say uh, that the company... uh, slamming Eli Lilly when it comes to drug prices. She and fellow Senator Richard Blumenthal released a survey of about 400 pharmacies which concluded that Lilly's generic insulin is widely unavailable. Warren says the report shows Lilly, quote, has not lived up to its promise to provide a lower-priced insulin to patients who need it. David Rick shot back on Mad Money last night. That's nonsense. Nonsense. Yeah. Well, so two senators, what, uh, there's only 100 of them. Well, look, I, I haven't read the details of the report. Okay. I read their press release. Okay. I can tell you what the facts are today. Many policymakers encouraged us to just lower the price of insulin. Right. We did that. We launched a half price of our best-selling product, but only one out of four Americans with Part D coverage and in commercial coverage next year will have access to this. This doesn't show that we didn't try. We did try. You can order this product today from your pharmacy. This shows what's broken in the rest of the pharmaceutical system. 
I thought this was so important uh, because, well, first, just in terms of timing, uh, Senator Warren and Senator Blumenthal, they, they, the, their document came out in terms of timing the moment that the Lilly, uh, very positive Lilly analyst meeting ended. Yeah, uh, it's, I thought it was vicious. I really did. But this is what's important. When I went over it with David, CEO, it's pretty clear that the system, whether it be the pharmacy benefit managers, whether it be the drugstores, just don't want to adopt it. And to have him be the victim, what, and they, I don't know, they checked 400 drugstores. You know, there's a question of where they checked them. Did they check them in Montana? Did they check them in places where it's just not the sample? But one thing is certainly clear. He's got the thing. If you want it, you can get it. But the system isn't bent on having cheaper drugs, even if they're made by the same company. It's an outrage. But to blame Louie seemed like to me an unfair thing to do. Today, Morgan Stanley comes out and upgrades to overweight. Uh, they go from 116 to 150. It's great. And they say that uh, sentiment around R&D is going to get better. I cannot believe how many drugs they have. They have, probably, of the major pharmas, I could argue that they've got the most new drugs. I thought that formerly it was Novartis. I no longer feel that way because Novartis is stumble, all right? But then my, my chapel trust owns Novartis, but got a call like I see it. Rick's has got a machine, and he's got, I am the spokesperson for the American Migraine Foundation, unfortunately. Unfortunately, meaning I have migraines. But their migraine, they have a new migraine drug. There are 30 million people who suffer, and they got a pill, and the pill is widely going to help people, and that's going to be available probably in the first quarter? Yeah, that's not out yet. Right now, it's but still oh the needle. Boy, when still it comes shots. out. Yeah, yeah I take the, be, that could be, I mean, I take the so shot. many people unfortunately suffer from 30 million. And, yeah. and, you know, hundreds of millions of hours work. Uh, you know, uh, David uh, emphasized the number of women who lose time at work. Yep. And this pill is going to be, I mean, I think it's going to be the answer. And it's, it's not in any of the numbers, which I think is foolish. There's 30 million people might take it. Make sure, be one of the greatest company, make sure of all your time. insurance company will pay for it. That's always got to be. Will, I think they will pay for it. We should probably mention you're a spokesperson for the. I am the spokesperson, and we're amazed at the lack of awareness about the number of people who could take who could take the current needle, which gives you 27 days uh, where you do not have migraines for most people. There's three different versions, and, uh, and there's almost no one. I mean, the doctors know, the doctors don't know about it. Lily is definitely one to watch today. Let's get the opening bell of the S&P 500 at the CNBC Real-Time Exchange. At the big board today, Rosenblatt celebrating its 40th year as an NYSE floor broker at the NASDAQ Advanced Energy Industries. David, you got your plate full today, too, between uh, Timo. I don't know if you want to talk Fiat, Peugeot or you not. Know, I mean, Fiat, Chrysler, Peugeot is interesting. And Peugeot, the recut deal. We're going to get to... Um, uh, we're going to get to, we're preparing some things still in terms of uh, the trial, by the way, which is continuing this morning, Charlie Ergen yesterday and today. FCAU, uh, though. You have FCAU? Want to be, well, I mean, only what we've seen this morning, okay. which All is right. they, you know, they recut the deal in part yeah. to try to deal with the national security review that conceivably would take place here in the United States. Right, right. Um, but it is going to create uh, the merger of Fiat, Chrysler, and Peugeot, one of the largest uh, auto companies in the world. And, and successful. You think so? I think so, yeah. A lot of costs, obviously, can come out. Yes. Um, not about layoffs, but just cost. You know, the layoff story is really rather amazing. Like the railroad layoff stories, as the railroads do well, the demand for layoffs among the analysts for FedEx, uh, the notion that industrial America and industrial world is not doing that well, with the exception of one of the great stories, a possible resurgence in Europe. 
Well, yeah, you've been talking a bit about what you think is a resurgence in Europe. Yeah. And if we do get, or I guess we Brexit. have gotten phase one of the trade deal, can we? But it hasn't been signed yet. No, but there's. So I won't believe until it's signed. Not only is it not signed, the Chinese Mofcom made no specific reference to this deal last night. Oh, jeez. All right. Uh, and the journal has an interesting piece today about the actual numbers in terms of what we're saying. The uh, increased exports to China would have to hit numbers that they have never even come close to. Time's running that and same they story. wonder how much we can actually really uh, do in terms of the $200 billion above our highest number ever in terms of exports, not to mention agriculture is an important part of that. Right. But if, in fact, it does, Support. Jim, you made the point, I think, that you're starting to see some signs of, of turnaround in Germany Yes. Oh, no. and other places in Europe. No. Did you follow up for the third straight month? Yes. Business sentiment in now, Germany? FedEx did not say that Germany necessarily has turned, but he used the, Fred Smith does, we, um, this was, I thought, really important. He goes that the, uh, the ricochet bullets of the U.S.-China trade war in Europe, they didn't count on it, but those could end. Ricochet bullets. I thought that was a very good term. Probably the most positive thing that came out of the FedEx. That was in the same answer. He had precision railroading and ricochet bullets. It was entertaining. He's got an agile mind. Yes. Yes. Just needs needs what more they? agile fleet, maybe? I don't know. They, they need less. You know what? They need less. Less commerce. <laughs> they would do better. They do better fewer, with the... Fewer that's not a good sign when no, you're actually right? hoping that your business yeah. will... Yeah, yeah, like if you're you McDonald's, can't. you know what? We really did well. We sold fewer hamburgers. Yeah. Which is why FedEx shares are down over 8%. No, it's not. It's a suboptimal situation developing. UPS, UPS getting dragged down a bit. It has to be. Too. The yeah. read-through is just... There's no way. And I think David Abney spent the money ahead. But it just, he's the CEO of UPS. He's actually also someone who comes on our air quite a bit. David. Right. David Abney. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it does. We're but, always happy to have him. But let's contrast. I want to be a little positive for a second. Despite all those stories in the journal, they hate Trump so much. It's so almost hilarious. Uh, pay, Mur- pay. Murdoch's journal. <laughs> he does. I mean, like that piece. But the Times piece, which says that basically there's no deal. And if there were a deal, it's really bad for everyone. Uh, paychecks, except for she. She's the big winner. Whatever. Paychecks, small to medium-sized business, doing quite well. Cintas, small to, it's, uh, uniforms, yes. small to medium-sized business, doing quite well. That is a continual theme, but to cater to small, medium-sized businesses, if you're Fred Smith at FedEx, is not good. That's the guys that send all those little packages. They come to your house. and they... How about the theory that Amazon is going to bang FedEx down so much and then pick them up? Right. Holy cow. I mean, instant logistic network. You mean the Whole Foods, yeah, the Whole Foods yeah, yeah. strategy? Could we, be, could we walk in one day and, and see that happen? I don't, don't give me that look, Dave. David, what do you think? I, I, Amazon plays with, what, 1% uh, loan? I, 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 I'm going to put you right on I the spot. I would be shocked. I'm putting you on the spot right now. I would be Is shocked. It, you would be shocked? Yeah. Well, there you go. I would, pretty I would be very surprised. That, and you're um, the M&A guy. Well, I, no, it's not something I've, I've heard. Certainly, nobody's talking about nobody's that happening. Talking. It's no. just an idea. But Let's, by acclamation, they love your statement here. Amazon continues to be relentless. That's Amazon, all I would say. Amazon, they are just relentless. You, you know why there's no inflation in this country? It's Amazon. Amazon won't let you raise the price of freight. How is that possible? Meanwhile, the journal, How is that possible? The journal, has that, the journal of the Times has that story about people selling garbage on Amazon, going through dumpster diving, and I'll give you the funniest one. That, <laughs> you want the funniest one today? Even okay, I'm giving food. it to you. There's a, there's, I, I, there are, there's research today about Facebook 
which says that basically Instagram is the gold standard. All of that hoopla about how bad Zuckerberg is? No. It's the gold standard Instagram. The cus- See, what people didn't count on, it's kind of like dog food. The customers just won't stop eating it. They don't care about any of this political stuff. Instagram, the customers want it. It's where the advertisers want it. Why can't we bust through 200, though? All right? We have been stuck here we are. for a while. Well, I don't know. I mean, this, this online advertising piece by Deutsche Bank is so important and powerful that I felt FedEx should go through. Big blue resurgence, durable into 2020. When I first read this, I said, maybe they're talking about IBM. Remember when it used to be big blue? I, now I it's do. Facebook. But they say the gold standard. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg, I mean, he gave that Georgetown speech. I have it about free speech. No one cares. I don't want to say no one cares. It's like saying no one cares about impeachment. But the advertisers don't care and the users don't care. So what do we do? We just castigate them and say, but, you know, we may not like them, hate them or like them, but they're doing well. 270 target. What I mean, it doesn't matter what he does. People love Instagram. How many times do I have to watch cat and dog Instagrams by my wife? Does she she like she doesn't talk she doesn't talk about free speech. She talks about cats with short legs. That's fascinating. And dogs with short legs. Excuse me. There's a name for them. They're called munchkin dogs. Well, I wonder dogs. if you think it's related today. City takes Twitter from 45 to 36. Well, they don't like yeah, Twitter. I, I wonder if you think that there is Yeah, I mean some... Twitter and, and Snap, they I don't know. This company is running away with it. You're absolutely right. Why can't it get through 200? Today is the day. If they don't get through 200 after this Deutsche Bank piece. And it's amazing. The Deutsche Bank piece, is like, it never even mentions the fact that, that uh, you know, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen makes similar, talks about some unsavory advertisers in the 1936 period that would be welcomed by Zuckerberg. It is. Listen, I, it don't. It's still an important debate going on. It's important debate, but it's abs, it's abstract and abstruse. Well, right. It does. It's abstruse. It, it's not having any impact, is your point, no. on those who use the service and or those who advertise. No, but on, who else is, is there? It is an incredibly powerful platform. The users matter, and the advertisers says the consumer. This is the the, the packaged goods industry. Well, it, it is moving very aggressively toward Instagram. They um, don't care about it I, either. I, what are I we going to do here, David? The other day I was talking to my son, 17-year-old, who put a limit on his own Instagram time and said he hits it every day. I was happy that he did that, by the way. I thought, good for, for you. Limit. Self? Yeah. So I think it's an hour. One hour a day he gives You himself. didn't tell him to do that? He no. lets him do it? My daughter got rid of Instagram. He's ready to go. He's nope. all right. As, He's going to be as, okay. As Sasha but. Baron Cohen said, these companies won't fundamentally change because their model relies on more engagement and nothing generates more engagement than lies, fear, and outrage. Yeah, there is some football videos apparently. On a day where we can't agree on anything politically. He did say, uh, Goebbels, that's G-O-E-B-B-E, just a figure, he's a very uh, important minister of propaganda during a period of the Third Reich, would love Facebook. And um, everyone should, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's a very, Sasha Baron is not funny in the ADL uh, speech, but it just doesn't seem to matter. And so there's just this kind of, ethereal debate with the About Georgetown speech. Social externalities and yes. financial externalities. And targeting is very important, and that's something that I think that Zuckerberg has to examine, at least targeting. But I just, when I hear that this thing is the gold standard and people love it, but it says to me is, is that I totally understand why Zuckerberg is saying, hey, look, you know, um, caveat emptor. Caveat emptor. Uh, let's get a, an update regarding impeachment this morning. Eamon Javers is also outside the White House today. Good morning, Eamon. 
recycling has begun over on the House side of Capitol Hill. That is moving forward. Here at the White House, though, things are relatively quiet. I just checked in the West Wing a couple of minutes ago before coming here. It does not appear uh, that the president has come down from the residence yet. He's not uh, in the office this morning. Uh, he is, however, venting some of his frustrations over Twitter about what's happening today and the expectation he's going to get impeached. He says, can you believe that I will be impeached today by the radical left do-nothing Democrats? And I did nothing wrong. A terrible thing. Read the transcripts. This should never happen to another president again. Say a prayer. So the president has suggested uh, that he will not be watching all of the wrangling that uh, the rest of the nation will be watching today up on Capitol Hill. Uh, there are just a couple of events on his public schedule today. He's expected to get an intelligence briefing later today. Uh, and then he's going to depart the White House this afternoon. But between those events, there are hours of unscheduled time. Uh, aides are not telling us exactly what the president is going to be doing during those hours. An official told me uh, the president is simply going to be holding some internal meetings and making some phone calls, but not saying what meetings those are or who he's going to be calling on the phone. Uh, meanwhile, we will uh, probably get to see the president this afternoon when he leaves for that rally tonight in Battle Creek, Michigan. He's going to depart the White House late in the afternoon. We may hear from him at that point. A an official here told me this morning that they believe this is setting up for just about the perfect juxtaposition this afternoon as the president will be speaking in front of an adoring crowd in a state that they need to win this evening just around the same time that he's getting impeached in the House of Representatives, guys. All right, Eamon, thank you. We'll come back to you, Eamon Javers, outside the White House. Let's get to Bob Bassani, see what's moving this morning. Morning, Bob. Morning, guys. Uh, two to one advancing to declining stocks. Breadth of the market is terrific. New highs on the advanced decline line, and that's really important. It means the rally is sort of broadening out here. Let's take a look here at our leaders. These are China stocks. They've had a nice little rally in the last week or so. Eight-month highs. Emerging markets also sitting near new highs here. Semis have been... Uh, Generally doing fairly well. Micron's had another good day. Consumer staples strong. General Mills had a good earnings report. Industrials are a little bit on the weak side. This is FedEx and UPS to a lesser expense. Uh, speaking of FedEx, we're trying to figure out if the global economy is bottoming out. That is a main theme and why the market has been so stable and moving up recently. I want to pay attention to what Fed... Smith has to say about the global economy here. Really a tale of two economies here. The Eurozone, manufacturer is stabilizing at a low level. He did mention Germany was still weak. China, some opportunity in the second half of 2020. Still weak in the first half, but better in the second half. Trade volume should return to positive growth in 2020, assuming the trade wars don't intensify at all. So overall, you paint this picture signs clearly of some kind of bottom. This is at least according to Fred Smith. We, Jimmy's been talking about the fact that this is a very specific FedEx story here. And I just want to show you the difference between FedEx and United Parcel in the last year. Look at that spread. FedEx, they're down here for the year. Last year, down 12 percent. UPS, they're up 23 percent in the last year. That is an enormous difference between two competitors. Shows you some of this. A good part FedEx specific here. We have better visibility. That's the point and why the market's been doing so well. I've been mentioning these four horses. Uh, that had been moving the markets overall here. Number one, the Fed is neutral. We put up the next full screen. The Fed is neutral. That's number one. Number two, we've seen a recession chances very, very low overall. Number three, the trade deal. Let's just call it a truce for the moment. The market believes there is some one. And global growth, the clear bottom, still a little bit elusive, but generally people are becoming to believe that. We had a global fund manager survey out yesterday from Merrill Lynch. The fund managers are clearly buying into the bottom and global growth story. Yesterday, the story the fund managers globally from, from Bank of America 
Overweight equities, 31%. That's the highest it's been in over a year. Underweighting bonds, 48%. That's the highest underweight in a long, long time. How about this? This is the most important thing. 68%. No recession in 2020. That is way up from just a month ago. And here, profits are going to improve 60% in 2020. That is a huge, huge move. Big change in just the last month. A lot more optimism. Finally, just on Boeing here, a little more stability in the Boeing picture here. A lot of people kind of freaked out yesterday by some comments. 0.5% hit to GDP in the first quarter due to Boeing problems. But that's going to bounce back here. And again, the companies the, uh, that were uh, suppliers to Boeing, uh, a lot more stable today than they have been in the last couple of days. David, back to you. Bob, Bob Sonny there uh, covering all things. Let's, uh, let's cover now the uh, ongoing trial, of course, uh, the States versus T-Mobile and Sprint, trying to get that deal stopped by uh, Judge Marrero, uh, saying it's anti-competitive. Yesterday, important day, one we've been waiting for. Uh, Charlie Ergen, of course, founder of DISH, uh, its chairman, uh, taking the stand. He also, uh, and I think we have it entered court today as well, there was a, uh, a portion of testimony that was going to be done in private, and then they were coming back out into the public. Uh, there he is, uh, arriving, is Mr. Ergen, uh, this morning, um, as he uh, gets ready to take the stand there. He has, I'm not sure, I don't believe it's concluded as yet. Um, trial resumed yesterday at noon, and then again today at 8.30, as I said, uh, with, uh, with first the, the private, because they were going to be sharing some things that they didn't want uh, known, uh, and then uh, the defense, or I should say the plaintiff's attorneys will take over. Yesterday, though, interesting testimony. All of it, of course, designed to show uh, that uh, DISH is going to be a robust competitor in the wireless market nationwide in 5G. Uh, and, of course, we'll start right away, at least given the Boost mobile um, platform and the capacity sharing agreement it has in place with T-Mobile, all of which, remember, was negotiated by the Department of Justice. And in fact, during uh, the back and forth, during uh, his testimony, during um, the questions uh, and answers from Mr. Ergen, he indicated, hey, the DOJ got a good deal out of T-Mobile. They kept pushing and pushing and pushing, and it really helped us in terms of giving us a leg up when we get started right away. He also went on to... uh, uh, discuss just what's at stake for his company and address those skeptics who say, you know what, yeah, you amassed a lot of spectrum, but you've never hit these build-out requirements. Ergen saying, that's not true. In fact, he said, if for some reason the skeptics were to prevail and we didn't build it, that being, of course, the network, then everything we've done as a company for 39 years, the 12 billion of spectrum assets we purchased, over 2 billion of fines to the American government that they'd have to pay if they don't hit some certain requirements, would come into play. It would be financial suicide, and he said, so we're not suicidal. Um, interesting timeline that he also shared in terms of what they see. 2020, they want to build out their first core and first citywide network. Remember, they're going to be relying on the capacity sharing for some time. It's got a, 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 a timeline to it, and then it starts to go down. 2021, build dozens of cities, grow the subscriber base. 2022, as many as 10,000 towers, build out the network in hundreds of cities, and he says cover uh, 50% of the U.S. He says it's only going to need $8 billion. That's even down. Originally, he'd said 10. Now he thinks it's closer to 8. I can't tell you how many people think that number is That's so way low. low. That's way low. That's what he keeps coming back to. Not going to be a problem for financing. He hasn't signed commitment letters, but he does have highly confident uh, letters from Morgan Stanley, Deutsche Bank, and J.P. Morgan. Won't raise the money until he actually needs it. And, of course, that in part's dependent on this trial. That's why it's so important. Um, because if, in fact, they do get the go-ahead, then he will 
uh, begin as well, will Mr. Ergen. So uh, we'll be watching today and listening, of course, as well. Uh, bring you whatever is said as soon as we can in terms of uh, further questioning and answers, given the, uh, the plaintiffs are now going to be questioning Mr. Ergen. But very interesting uh, testimony from him. Uh, and again, just saying, hey, we're going to get started right away. Uh, and he also talked about the fact that they're not going to, um, that the way they're going to price things uh, is forward pricing. They'll lose money in the short term to make it essentially up over the long term. They won't pay price, at least initially, based on marginal cost. Boy, is this important. I think yeah. people are underestimating how important this is going to affect every American. Every American is going to be impacted by this. That is true. That is true. That's why there's a great deal at stake. Yeah. I mean, this is one where you could actually impact the CPI. It's the most it's important bill anybody pays. And yet um, you're the only one covering this thing. Yeah. Most people are covering The newspapers are determined to cover how the trade deals, well, not good or Others, something. We're covering it, and we will have more as we But, but this along. is much right. more important than the trade it. deal in terms, of your, in terms of your wallet. It's important. Yeah. No doubt. Let's head to the bond pits now. That's important, too. So we can check in with Rick Santelli. Rick. Morning, David. Great report. You look at some one-week charts, subtleties but important ones. Look at one week of twos. It's just flatlining as we go into the end of the year, and the important issue is, unlike the rest of the curve, it's where it's holding at 160. Now you go to the long-end 10-year note yields, a bit of an upward drift to the consolidation, and 190 seems to be the issue, and we're toying with it again. Look at Boone's on the far left, minus 22. That was this week's high. We're still close to it. It was also about six weeks ago, the highest close since July. So important technical level. Dollar index, it is getting a bit of a wave to the upside here. Remember, closed uh, about a penny and a quarter lower than this. At one point, it was up over 3% on the year. Finally, corporates. You know, investment grade are up almost 15% total return this year. Look at high yield year to date. Look at investment grade year to date. The salient features, high grade is now add-on, meaning whatever a treasury is, you add on less than 350 basis points. On investment grade, less than 100. These are very narrow. There is no agita going into year-end in the capital markets. Overnight liquidity by the Fed seems to be taken care of for now. Carl David Jim, back to you. All right, Rick, thank you. Still to come, the economy trade and the path ahead for rates. Stay tuned for an exclusive with New York Fed President John Williams. Dow's gains withering a little bit here at the early open. Dow's up 18, being led by Boeing and Home Depot. Question of the morning is just how reliable the Dow transports are as a market tell. Year-to-day gain up 17, S&P gain up 28. We're going to watch that spread. Dow's up 21. We're back in a minute. Jim, what's on Matt tonight? Um, okay, we're, we're going to be covering impeachment, including the stocks that did well. David, you'll love this. What was the third best stock during the impeachment of Clinton? Come on. You just talked about it. I did? Yes, you did. You did a whole segment on it. Oh, Dish? Yes. <laughs> that was the third best. Maybe it's... Maybe it's, um, history's going to repeat itself. Yes. First time comedy in a you know, history of farce. Or rhyme, at least. Isn't it amazing? Dish. I find that unbelievable. Wow, what an exciting, exciting time. Is it? FedEx. Yes. I'm going to go send a couple of FedEx con- you know, packages just so I-, so I can see them lose money on I'll it. I'll help them out. Yeah. I don't know. It might hurt them. Oof. 
You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street.